Welcome back to season two of Hip Hop History. This year, I plan on diving deeper into artists, albums, beefs, and hip hop as a whole. A lot of season one was looking up dates and bringing much of the information from my memory. This season, we will be diving deep into research using multiple sources and exhausting all efforts to find the truth and the answers we want and need. Thank you for bearing with me and sticking around. Here's some of the history from this beautiful, magnetic, inspiring culture. The format for the beginning of this season is episodes in triple. For instance, this is the Jay-Z story episode. Next week, we will dive deep into the Black Album. And the following week, we will dive deep into Jay-Z versus Nas. So three weeks of Jay content, and then we move on to Snoop Dogg. So enough talking about it, and let's get to it. Sean Corey Carter was born in the Brooklyn borough of New York City on December 4th, 1969. He was raised in the Marcy Houses, a housing project in Brooklyn's Bedford-Stuyvesant neighborhood. After his father, Adnis Reeves, abandoned the family when Jay was roughly 10 years old, his mom, Gloria Carter, was left to raise him and his older siblings, brother Eric Carter, and sisters Andrea and Michelle Carter, on her own. Reeves would later meet and reconcile with Sean before dying in 2003. Reflecting back on the situation brought him some understanding saying, his brother had gotten killed in the projects, he explained to Letterman in 2018. Someone would call him and say, I've just seen the guy who killed your brother. He would get up from bed with his children, take his gun, and leave the house. At some point, my mother was like, you have a family here, but she didn't have enough language she needed to say, we love you, we don't want to lose you as well. So her fear came out like an ultimatum to him. That splintered the relationship, and from there, he was in deep pain, started using heroin and things like that. Jay-Z claims in his lyrics that in 1982, at the age of 12, he shot his older brother Eric in the shoulder for stealing his jewelry, or it was following in an argument. An incident they were both able to move on from. We were able to get past it, he told GQ. He was able to get past his addiction and I was able to get past my stupidity. Along with rapper AZ, Jay attended Eli Whitney High School in Brooklyn until it was closed. He then attended nearby George Westinghouse Career and Technical Education High School with rappers The Notorious B.I.G. and Busta Rhymes, where according to Jay and Busta, many freestyle battles took place. It was followed by a stint at the Trenton Central High School in Trenton, New Jersey, though he did not graduate. According to his interviews and lyrics, he sold crack cocaine and was shot at three times during this period. Crack was so prevalent in his neighborhood that he was recruited by a bodega owner to deal drugs in Trenton, New Jersey, some 70 miles away. He narrowly missed the inside of a cell thanks to a trip to London to record with mentor Jazzo. He was gone. During that time, there was a secret indictment. They swept up and grabbed 30 of my friends. Everyone, he continued. One of my closest friends, he went to jail for 12 years. That close friend was Emery Jones, who is now an executive at Monogram, the marijuana company Jay recently started amongst other ventures. Jay-Z says his earliest exposure to music was through his parents' record collection, which was mostly soul artists including Marvin Gaye and Donny Hathaway. He says, I grew up around music listening to all types of people. I'm into music that has soul in it, whether it be rap, R&B, pop music, whatever. As long as I can feel their soul through the wax, that's what I really listen to. According to his mother, Jay-Z used to wake up his siblings at night banging out drum patterns on the kitchen table. She bought him a boombox for his birthday, sparking his interest in music even more, and he began freestyling and writing lyrics. As I got further and further away from home, in my notebook, I had to memorize these rhymes, longer and longer and longer. By the time I got to record my first album, I was 26. I didn't use pen or paper. My memory had been trained just to listen to a song, think of the words, and lay them to the tape. To this day, he doesn't write down any of his lyrics, instead committing them to memory. Still, he wouldn't recommend this method to everyone, saying, I've lost a couple of albums worth of great material. Recently, I've heard Jazzo say that Jay's early nickname was Shawnee, but I've also heard he went by Jazzy around the neighborhood. He later adapted the stage name Jay-Z in homage to his mentor Jazzo. Jay-Z can be briefly heard 
on several Jazzo's early recordings in the late 1980s and early 1990s, including HP Gets Busy, The Originators, and Hawaiian Sophie. He first became known to a wide audience on the Posse Cut show and prove on the 94 Big Daddy Kane album, Daddy's Home. Jay-Z has been referred to as Big Daddy Kane's hype man during this period, although Kane explains that he didn't fill the traditional hype man role and was instead basically making cameo appearances on stage, saying, When I would leave stage to change outfits, I would bring out Jay-Z and Positive K and let them freestyle until I came back on stage. The young Jay-Z appeared on a popular song by Big L, The Graveyard, and on Mike Geronimo's Time to Build, which also featured early appearances by DMX and Ja Rule in 95. This would be the same time that Irv Gotti would attempt to make DMX, Ja Rule, and Jay-Z a supergroup called Murder Inc. His first official rap single was called In My Lifetime, for which he released a music video in 1995. An unreleased music video was also produced for the B-side, I Can't Get With That. With no major label giving him a record deal, Jay-Z sold CDs out of his car with his then-manager Damon Dame Dash and road manager Kareem Biggs Burke. They created Rockefeller Records as an independent label in 1995 as a result of getting turned down by the label. After striking a distribution deal with Priority, Jay-Z released his 1996 debut album Reasonable Doubt. With beats from acclaimed producers such as DJ Premier, DJ Clark Kent, and an appearance by Biggie, the album reached number 23 on the Billboard 200. This album would later be included in the Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Albums of All Time at number 248, and this album reached platinum status. After reaching a new distribution deal with Def Jam in 1997, Jay-Z released his follow-up In My Lifetime Volume 1, co-produced by Sean Puff Daddy Combs, and it outsold his previous release. Jay-Z later explained that the album was made during one of the worst periods of his life, when he was reeling from the death of his close friend Christopher Wallace, aka The Notorious V.I.G. The album was a personal revelation for Jay-Z as he told the stories of his difficult upbringing. The album's glossy production stood as a contrast from his first release, and some dedicated fans felt he had quote-unquote sold out. However, the album did feature some beats from producers who had worked with him on Reasonable Doubt, namely DJ Premier and DJ Ski. In My Lifetime, Volume 1 earned platinum status in the United States. In 1998, Jay-Z released Volume 2, Hard Knock Life, which spawned the biggest hit of his career at the time. Getting his first hit required him to do some trickery. When his request to sample the iconic Annie track was rejected, he says, I made up a story about when I was in seventh grade in Bed-Stuy, our teacher held an essay contest and the three best papers won a trip to see Annie in the city, he wrote in his 2011 memoir, Decoded, A Lie. I wrote that as a kid in Brooklyn, we hardly ever came into the city. True, I wrote that from the moment the curtain came up, I felt that I understood Honey's story. Of course, I had never seen Annie on Broadway, but I had seen the movie on TV. Anyway, they bought it, cleared it, and I had one of my biggest hits. And it was based on reality. When that televised version came out, I was drawn to it. It was the struggle of this poor kid in this environment and how her life changed. It immediately resonated. On the album, he relied more on flow and wordplay, and he continued with his penchant for mining beats from popular producers of the day, such as Swiss Beats, an upstart in-house producer for Rough Riders, and Timbaland, who had been building his career with the likes of Aaliyah, R.I.P., and Missy Elliott. Other producers included DJ Premier again, Eric Sermon, The 4-5 King, and Kid Capri. Charting hits from his album included Can I Get A, featuring Ja Rule and Emil, and Jigga What, Jigga Who, featuring Emil and Jazz O. Volume 2 would eventually become Jay-Z's most commercially successful album, as it was five times platinum in the United States, and has to date sold over five million copies. The album went on to win a Grammy Award, although Jay-Z boycotted the ceremony, protesting the Grammys, snubbing DMX for his three chart topping album, Unleashed and Unreleased, Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood, and It's Dark and Hell is Hot, all released in 1998. In 1999, Jay-Z collaborated with Mariah Carey on Heartbreaker, a song from her seventh album, Rainbow. The song became Jay-Z's first chart topper in the US, spending two weeks atop the Billboard Hot 100. And that same year, Jay-Z releases Volume 3, Life and Times of S. Carter. The album proved successful and sold over 3 million copies. Volume 3's most successful single was Big Pippin, featuring UGK, which was a bit of a struggle to get done because UGK wasn't sure 
they wanted to be a part of a song they knew would be so popular. In some lightly unpleasant news, on December 1st, 1999, Jay-Z, who had come to believe record executive Lance Unrivera was behind the bootlegging of his upcoming album, Volume 3, Life and Times of S. Carter, stabbed Rivera at the release party for Q-Tip's album Amplified at the Kit Kat Club, a now defunct nightclub in Times Square. Jay-Z's associates at the party were accused of causing a commotion within the club, which Jay-Z allegedly used as cover while he stabbed Rivera in the stomach with a 5-inch blade. He surrendered to police the following evening and was placed under arrest, although he was soon released on a $50,000 bond. When he was indicted in Manhattan Criminal Court in late January 2000, he pleaded not guilty. He and his lawyers contended that they had witnesses and videotapes proving he had been nowhere near Rivera during the incident. Nevertheless, he later pleaded guilty on third-degree assault and accepted a three-year probation sentence. The reason, as Jay-Z says in his 2017 release, 444, in the song Kill Jay-Z, meaning Jay believed that Lance Unrivera was responsible for some records from his upcoming album, Volume 3, Life and Times of S. Carter, getting leaked. And despite the leaks, he did have the number one album and sold 462,000 copies. By 2000, Jay-Z released The Dynasty, Rock La Familia, which was originally intended to become a compilation album for the Rockefeller artist, but Def Jam turned it into a Jay-Z album, or did Jay? I've heard the story both ways. The album helped introduce producers to the Neptunes, which is Pharrell and Chad Hugo, Just Blaze, Kanye West, and Bink, which have all gone on to achieve notable success. This is also the first album where Jay-Z utilizes a more soulful sound than his previous albums. The Dynasty sold over 2 million units in the US alone, and in 2001, Jay-Z spoke out against Prodigy from Mob Deep after he took an issue with a Jay-Z line from Money Cash Hoes. He felt alluded disparagingly to Mob Deep and Prodigy's dispute with Tupac Shakur, Snoop Dogg, and Death Row Records. He later performed the song Takeover at Summer Jam in 2001, which attacked Prodigy lyrically and revealed photos of Prodigy from 1988 where he was striking some interesting dancer poses. He would also take a small shot at Nas with a line at the end of Takeover that says Nas don't want it with Hove and then end his show at Summer Jam. Nas would later send shots with the song We Will Survive. A few short months would pass until the release date for Jay's next album, The Blueprint, which would have a finished version of Takeover with a new verse straight at Nas. Nas was signed with a diss track called Ether, released on December 4th, 2001, which was of course Jay's birthday. This feud would get super ugly, and we will be getting into this in the third episode of the season. On September 11th, 2001, hours before the September 11th attacks, Jay-Z released this sixth studio album, The Blueprint, which received a coveted five-mic review from hip-hop magazine The Source. Written in just two days, the album sold more than 427,000 copies, debuting at number one on the Billboard 200, and reached two times platinum status in the United States. It was lauded for its production and its balance of mainstream and hardcore rap. Eminem was the only guest rapper on the album, producing and rapping on the song Renegade, which was originally a Bad Meets Evil song. Bad Meets Evil is Royce the Five Nine and Eminem. Four tracks on the Blueprint were produced by Kanye West, and the album represents one of the West's first major breaks in the industry. The Blueprint includes the popular song Izzo or H-O-V-A, Girls Girls Girls, and Song Cry. As of February 2012, the album has sold 2.7 million copies worldwide, even with the tragic events of 9-11. In 2019, the Blueprint was selected by the Library of Congress for preservation in the National Recording Registry for being culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. Jay-Z's next solo album was 2002's The Blueprint 2, The Gift and the Curse, a double album. The album debuted on the Billboard 200 at number one, selling over 3 million units in the US alone, and surpassing The Blueprint. It was later reissued in a single disc version, The Blueprint 2.1, released April 8, 2003, and retained half of the tracks from the original. The album spawned two massive hit singles, Excuse Me Miss with Pharrell and O3 Bonnie and Clyde, which features Jay-Z's then-girlfriend, now-wife, Beyonce Knowles. Between the release of The Blueprint 2 and 2.1, 
there was the album Best of Both Worlds, Jay-Z's collaboration album with the then less problematic R. Kelly. During the recording process, it had been said that it had been very awkward and weird because Kelly seemingly unwilling to stay in the studio for longer periods of time. Advertising believed to be his last album before retiring from rap, which is the theme throughout the album, released on November 14, 2003 on Rockefeller Records. The Black Album debuted at number one on the Billboard 200, selling 463,000 copies in the U.S. It became Jay-Z's top-selling record of the 2000s decade. By July 2013, it had sold 3.5 million copies. Jay-Z appeared in a 2003 Reebok collection advertising his S. Carter collection, which was a collaboration between Reebok and Jay. The Black Album was promoted with a retirement tour by Jay-Z and three singles that also achieved Billboard chart success, including the top 10 hit Change Clothes and Dirt Off Your Shoulder. On November 25, 2003, Jay-Z held a concert billed as the Retirement Party at Madison Square Garden in New York City, which would later be focused of his film Fade to Black. All proceeds went to charity. Other performers included collaborators like The Roots in the form of his backing band, Missy Elliott, Memphis Bleak, Beanie Siegel, Freeway, Mary J. Blige, Beyonce, Twista, Ghostface Killa, Foxy Brown, Pharrell Williams, and R. Kelly, with special appearances by Voletta Wallace and Afina Shakur, the mothers of the notorious B.I.G. and Tupac Shakur. While Jay-Z had attested to a retirement from making new studio albums, various side projects and appearances soon followed. Included in these were a greatest hits record, as well as the release and tour of Unfinished Business, the second collaborative album between Jay-Z and R. Kelly. Stories started to bubble about R. Kelly's inappropriate actions with minors. As these allegations saw the public eye, Jay distanced himself from Kelly. Before this could occur, there was a tour where Kelly complained and fabricated stories that Jay and company were trying to sabotage his performances. Jay complained that Kelly was frequently late and he was unwilling to rehearse. After a show in St. Louis, Kelly allegedly assaulted the lighting director, Gary Westcott, then left the show and worked at a McDonald's drive through window. Just bizarre. Several of the next shows were cancelled. Then we get to the Madison Square Garden show which will go down in infamy. Kelly takes the stage for all of 10 minutes in which he retreats alleging that he saw someone in the crowd brandish a weapon and point it at him. No one else saw this. Next, Kelly spends about 20 minutes in his dressing room with his crew trying to convince him to take the stage again. Meanwhile, outside of the dressing room is Jay's childhood friend and partner, Tata, who is yelling at Kelly and company to come back out there and stop messing around. After about 20 minutes, Kelly decides to take the stage again. He approaches the stairs to the stage where Tata pepper sprays R. Kelly in the face. Tata was arrested and Kelly was kicked off tour for unsafe and unpredictable behavior. Four days prior to the show, Unfinished Business, the second collaborative album between the two, was released October 26, 2004. During his retirement, Jay-Z also became involved in philanthropic activity. In 03, Jay-Z, together with his mother, founded the Sean Carter Foundation, which has assisted eligible students facing socio-economic hardships through college. On August 9, 2006, he met with United Nations Secretary General Kofi Annan at the organization's headquarters in New York City. The rapper pledged to use his upcoming world tour to raise awareness of and combat global water shortage. Allegedly on the lookout for a way to, in his own words, become helpful. He had been made aware of the issue during his visit to Africa by Bono from the rock group U2. The effort took place in partnership with the UN as well as MTV, which produced a documentary entitled Diary of Jay-Z, Water for Life, first airing November 2006. Along with Sean Diddy Combs, Jay-Z pledged a million dollars to the American Red Cross's relief effort after Hurricane Katrina. Jay-Z stated his support for Kanye West after the latter's outburst against President George W. Bush during a live Katrina charity telethon. He also addressed the issue of Katrina disaster and the government's response in his one-verse song, Minority Report. Jay-Z has previously stated in a song that the greatest form of giving is anonymous to anonymous, and in 2013, it was revealed by author Dream Hampton, who co-wrote Jay-Z's book Decoded, that he quietly established a trust fund for Sean Bell's children. Jay-Z also collaborated with rock group Linkin Park, in which they released their collaborative remix EP, Collision Course, which featured mashups of both artists' songs as well as a concert DVD. The album's 
only single, Numb, Encore, went on to win a Grammy for Best Rap Sung Collaboration and was performed with Linkin Park live at the Grammys with a special appearance by Paul McCartney, who added his verse from the song Yesterday. The EP sold over a million copies in the US. Jay-Z was the executive producer of The Rising Tide, the debut album by Fort Minor, the hip-hop side project of Linkin Park's rapper Mike Tsunoda. Jay-Z also planned to retire in 2004, but later in 2004 was named the president of Def Jam Records, which led to Jay-Z, Dash, and Big selling the remaining interest in Rockefeller Records and Jay-Z taking control of both of the companies as CEO. Reportedly, this major industry move was prompted by disagreements between Jay-Z and Dash as to what direction Rockefeller could undertake. The publicized split between Jay-Z, Dash, and Biggs led to the former partners sending jabs at each other in interviews. Jay and his business partners opened a restaurant, Sports Bar, in 2005. The 4040 Club is an upscale restaurant that has since expanded to Atlantic City and Chicago. Also in that year, Jay became an investor in Carol's Daughter, a line of beauty products, including products for hair, skin, and hands. On October 27, 2005, Jay headlined the New York's Power 105.1 annual concert, Powerhouse. The concert was entitled, I Declare War, leading to an intense speculation in the weeks preceding the event to whom exactly Jay-Z would be declaring war. As he had previously declared war on other artists taking lyrical shots at him at other events, many believed that the Powerhouse show would represent an all-out assault by Jay-Z upon his rivals. The theme of the concert was Jay-Z's position as president and CEO of Def Jam, complete with an onstage mock-up of an Oval Office. Many artists made appearances, such as the old roster of Rockefeller Records artists, as well as Neo, Tierra Marie, T.I., Young Jeezy, Akon, Kanye West, Paul Wall, The Locks, and Diddy. At the conclusion of the concert, Jay-Z put many arguments to rest to the surprise of hip-hop fans. The most significant development in the show was the closure to the infamous hip-hop rivalry between Jay-Z and Nas. The two former rivals shook hands and shared the stage together to perform Jay-Z's Dead Presidents blended with Nas's song, The World Is Yours. Jay-Z would mostly go musically quiet for about a year, returning with his comeback album on November 21st, 2006, titled Kingdom Come. Jay-Z's comeback single, Show Me What You Got, was leaked on the internet in early October 2006, scheduled to be released earlier that month. It received heavy airplay after its leak, causing the FBI to step in and investigate. The album features production from Just Blaze, Pharrell, Kanye West, Dr. Dre, and Coldplay's Chris Martin, the single entitled Beach Chair. The first week saw 680,000 sales of the CD, which Entertainment Weekly said was the highest single week total in Jay-Z's decade-long career. The album has sold over 2 million copies in the US. Jay-Z and Dame Dash also founded the clothing brand Rockwear. Rockwear has clothing lines and accessories for men, women, and children. The line was taken over by Jay-Z in early 2006 following the fallout with Dash. In March 2007, Jay-Z sold the rights to Rockwear brand to Iconics brand group for $204 million. He retains his stake in the company and continues to oversee the marketing, licensing, and product development. Jay-Z released his 10th studio album, American Gangster, on November 6, 2007. After viewing the Ridley Scott film of the same name, Jay-Z was heavily inspired to create a new concept album that depicts his experience as a street hustler. The album is not the film's official soundtrack, but it was distributed by Def Jam. Jay-Z's American Gangster depicts his life in correlation to the movie American Gangster. At the start of the album's first single, Blue Magic, Jay-Z offers a dealer's manifesto while making reference to political figures of the late 1980s with the lyrics, Blame Reagan for making me to a monster. Blame Oliver North and I ran Contra. I ran Contra band and they sponsored. Before this rhyme and stuff, we was in concert. Meaning the United States government under the Reagan administration was responsible for the distribution of crack cocaine into the inner cities of America. Oliver North was one man charged with the illegal sale of weapons to Iran with the profits going to the Contras, a right-wing militia group in Nicaragua. Before rapping, he was controlling the crowd by just other means. The album has sold over 1 million copies in the United States. On January 1st, 2008, Jay-Z resigned as president of Def Jam. We're going to take a short ad break.
break here and get right back to the show. Thank you for listening to that ad. Now back to the show. In the winter of that same year, it was announced that Jay-Z became the first major hip-hop artist to headline Britain's Glastonbury Festival, and tickets sold out quickly. Former headliner Noel Gallagher of Oasis condemned the festival organizers for choosing Jay-Z to headline a traditional guitar-driven festival, saying, I'm sorry, but Jay-Z, Gallagher asked, no chance. Glastonbury has a tradition of kind of guitar music, do you know what I mean? And even when they throw the odd curveballs in on Saturday night, you go, Kylie Minogue? I don't know about that. Do you know what I mean? But I'm not having hip-hop at Glastonbury, no way, no. No, it's wrong. As controversy mounted, Jay-Z replied, We don't play guitars, no, but hip-hop has put in its work just like any other form of music. This headline show is just a natural progression. Rap music is evolving. We have to respect each other's genres of music and move forward. Jay-Z opened his Glastonbury set with a tongue-in-cheek cover of Oasis's iconic song, Wonderwall, and went on to deliver a performance heralded as a successful response to pre-festival criticism. He also headlined many other summer festivals in 2008, including Roskwild Festival in Denmark, Ho Festival in Norway, and the O2 Wireless Festival in London. Jay and B were married in a private ceremony in 2008, saying very few people knew about the wedding. He revealed to Oprah of the wedding in New York, attended by roughly 30 guests. The sad part is that we offended some, but people who love you understand, because at the end of the day, it's your day, said Jay. During Kanye West's concert, August 6, 2008, at Madison Square Garden, Jay-Z came out to perform a new song that he and Kanye proclaimed was on the Blueprint 3. On May 21, 2009, Jay-Z announced that he would be parting ways with Def Jam and had struck a multi-million dollar deal to signed with Live Nation, with whom he would start his Rock Nation imprint, which would serve as a record label, talent and management agency, and music publishing company, and also partnered up with the production team Stargate to start a record label called Star Rock. Jay-Z's 11th studio album, The Blueprint 3, was originally to be released on September 11, 2009, but was instead released in the U.S. on September 8, 2009 due to increasing anticipation. Its international release followed on September 14th. It is his 11th album to reach number one on Billboard 200, thus surpassing Elvis Presley's previous record, making him the current solo artist record holder. On October 9, 2009, Jay-Z kicked off his tour for The Blueprint 3, during which he supported his new album in the U.S. Among his successes, Jay-Z has ventured into producing Broadway shows, along with Jay Jadapinga Smith and Will Smith, Jay-Z helped produce the play Fila, a music celebrating the work of late Nigerian star Fila Kuti. Jay-Z said he was inspired by the power of Kuti's work and his life story, which resulted in his interest in helping produce the musical. Fila is a story about an African pioneer and political activist who made his first moves on the scene during the 1970s. On January 23, 2010, Jay-Z released the track Stranded, Haiti Mon Amour, with Rihanna and U2's Bono and The Edge, as well as performing it at the Hope for Haiti Now telethon. In June 2010, Eminem and Jay-Z announced they would perform together in a pair of concerts in Detroit and New York. The event was dubbed the Home and Home Tour. The first two concerts rapidly sold out, prompting the scheduling of an additional show at each venue. Jay-Z was also the supporting act for U2 on the Australian and New Zealand leg of their U2 360 tour in November 2010. Recording sessions for a new album took place at various recording locations and began in November 2010. Around the same time, he released his memoir entitled Decoded on November 16, 2010. The album he would be working on would be another joint album by Jay-Z this time he would be joined by one of his one-time protégés, Kanye West. First slated to be an EP, this would grow to be a full-length album. The first single release for the project was Ham. The track was co-produced by Lex Luger and Kanye West. The track ended up being on the deluxe edition of the album. The follow-up to that was the second single, Otis, which premiered on Funkmaster Flex's Hot 97.5. 
97 radio show and was later released on the iTunes store 11 days later. The song was the last produced for the album and the only song entirely produced by West himself. After various listening sessions with producers, artists, and executives, the two respected, producer No ID convinced West that he needed to produce one song on his own, thus the birth of Otis. And this song was booked as a feature from Otis Redding in which the family was pleased. The album was first released on the iTunes store five days prior to being released in physical format, a strategy Jay-Z later said was used to block an internet leak. Because back then, CDs were shipped to the stores five to seven days prior to the release. Since the internet, store employees would steal a disc and sell it to people who would upload it to the internet. The album debuted at US Billboard 200 chart at number one, selling 436,000 copies in its first week. Busy and West later gave a surprise performance of Otis at the 2011 MTV Music Video Awards, the same award show where Beyonce would announce her and Jay-Z's pregnancy. In April 2011, Jay-Z launched a blog-like lifestyle website by the name of Life and Times. It covered everything from music to fashion, technology, and sports. The site was curated based on Jay-Z's interest, and he himself worked with a small staff to produce every single piece of content. January 7, 2012, Beyonce gave birth to their first child, Blue Ivy Carter. Jay-Z released Glory, a song dedicated to their child, through his website on January 9, 2012. The song detailed the couple's pregnancy struggles, including a miscarriage. Beyonce had suffered. Because Blue's cries were included at the end of the song, she was officially credited on the song as B.I.C., and she became the youngest person ever at two days old to appear on a Billboard chart when Glory debuted at number 74 on the hot R&B and hip-hop songs. In May 2012, Jay-Z and Philadelphia Mayor Michael A. Nutter announced Jay-Z would be the curator and headliner of the first annual Budweiser Made in America Festival at Fairmont Park in Philadelphia on September 1st and 2nd, 2012. The performance was produced by Live Nation and assembled an eclectic lineup of rock, R&B, hip-hop, pop, Latin, and dance musicians. Jay-Z and Rihanna were the two main headlining acts for the BBC Radio 1's 2012 Hackney Weekend Music Festival on June 23rd and 24th. Jay-Z opened his set with an appearance from Rihanna, and they performed Run This Town. On September 6th, Click was released, a single from the album Cruel Summer by Good Music. Kanye West and Big Sean starred alongside Jay-Z on the track. Jay-Z took the subway to a sold-out show at the Barclays Center on October 6, 2012. On November 12, 2012, Coldplay announced that they will be playing with Jay-Z at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn on December 31st. Jay-Z is also credited as an executive producer of the basketball video game NBA 2K13, where he worked on the look and feel of the game along with its soundtrack. On April 2nd, 2013, ESPN reported Jay-Z's launching his sports agency, Rock Nation Sports, with a focus on representation of various professional athletes. The sport management group is a partnership with Creative Artist Agency. In conjunction with the agency's launch, New York Yankees second baseman Robinson Cano left agent Scott Boris to sign with the company. ESPN also mentioned that Jay-Z himself was planning to be a certified sports agent, first in baseball and eventually in basketball and football. In order to represent his clients in basketball, he would have to give up his small share of the Brooklyn Nets. For 10 years, 2003 to 2013, Jay-Z enjoyed his role as a part owner of the Brooklyn Nets NBA team. He encouraged the team's relocation to Brooklyn's Barclays Center from New Jersey in the 2012 and 2013 season, at which point the team took on the Brooklyn Nets moniker. In September 2013, his stake in the Brooklyn Nets was sold for $1.5 million. Jay made an appearance on Justin Timberlake's single, Suit and Tie, from his third album, The 2020 Experience. The song itself was produced by both Jay-Z and Timberlake's mutual friend, Timberlake. Timberlake and Jay-Z embarked on a co-headlining Legends of the Summer Stadium Tour. During the fifth game of the 2013 NBA Finals, Carter announced his 12th studio album, Magna Carter Holy Grail, and was released on July 4, 2013. Not long after, Jay-Z confirmed that the hyphen in his stage name would be left out and officially stylized in all capital letters. Magna Carter Holy Grail debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 and sold 528,000 copies in its first week. Plus, it was released for free to 1 million new subscribers to a purchase agreement with Samsung and Jay-Z.
CCC. It was never done before, forcing the RIAA to change the rules. They usually waited 30 days to count digital sales, and this made them count them the week of the sale. In December 2013, it was announced that Jay-Z had received nine nominations for the 2014 Grammy Awards, more than any other artist. Jay-Z appeared on his wife Beyonce's self-titled fifth studio album, Beyonce, with a feature on the song, Drunk in Love. They performed the song together at the 56th Annual Grammy Awards opening. The song and its accompanying album would later win three Grammy Awards, including Best R&B Performance at the 2015 ceremony. In 2014, Jay-Z invested $200 million Armand D. Brignac Champagne-owned Sovereign Brands, a New York-based wine and spirits company for 100% stake, making it the second alcohol product acquisition in his financial investment portfolio. The brand is known for its popularity with high-profile artists, as well as being the gold bottles often referred to in the media. Best known as Ace of Spades, its ties to the company date back to 2006, and he received millions of dollars per year for his association with the brand before he bought the entire company. In March 2015, Jay-Z completed the $56 million acquisition of Aspira, a Norwegian media technology company that operates the subscription-based music streaming service Tidal, which has been in operation since October 2014. The music service was acquired through his company, Project Panther Bitco Limited. The music service combines audio and music videos with curated editorials. They have also done exclusive video series and podcasts. The main idea of the service is to bring major revenue streams back to the music artists. In 2014, there was an intense situation at the Met Gala which gave some insights into the trouble that may have been brewing in Jay's marriage with Beyonce. In an elevator, Solange started to punch and kick Jay for what would later be confirmed as Jay's infidelity to Beyonce who was also in the elevator. In July 2015, Carter had significant investment in JetSmarter, an app helping people book private executive plane flights. The app was built by Sergey Petrosi. Jay-Z collaborated with Cohiba to launch his own cigar that same year. In 2016, he signed a two-year exclusive film and TV deal with the Weinstein Company, and with the deal gives them first look options to create scripted and unscripted TV projects and film projects, and those projects were in the works. As part of his deal with Weinstein Company, he produced a documentary series on the life of Khalif Browder, who was falsely imprisoned for three years and committed suicide upon his release. After the accusations against Weinstein surfaced, Jay-Z cut all ties with the Weinstein Group. In early June 2017, posters were displayed in New York City and Los Angeles, as well as banner ads on the internet promoting a title-related project titled 444. A teaser ad was aired during the NBA Finals on June 7th, featuring actors Mahershala Ali, Lupita Nyong'o, and Danny Glover in a one-minute video, ending in 444-630-17, exclusively on title. June 18th, the project was confirmed to be a new Jay-Z album, and a clip featuring a song titled Adness was posted on Sprint's YouTube page. 444 was released through Rock Nation and Universal Music Group as an exclusive to Sprint and Tidal customers. The album was the first in a planned series of music exclusives from the Sprint Tidal partnership. For a short time, on July 2nd, the album was made available for free digital download in Tidal's site. A physical edition was released on July 7th, including three additional tracks. On the same day, the album was made available to other streaming platforms such as Apple Music, Google Play Music, and Amazon. The album received widespread acclaim from critics who praised its emotional and personal content. On July 5th, the album was certified platinum by the RIAA in recognition of 1 million copies purchased by Sprint and offered to customers as free downloads. It debuted at number one in the United States on the US Billboard 200 Jay-Z's 13th consecutive album to top the chart. The album spawned two singles, the title track 444 and Bam, as well as several music videos. The album received Grammy Award nominations for the Album of the Year, while the title track was nominated for Song of the Year, and the story of OJ was nominated for Record of the Year at the 60th Annual Grammy Awards. On June 18, 2017, Beyonce's father, Matthew Knowles, confirmed that she and Jay-Z had welcomed twins, a daughter named Rumi and a son named Sir. Jay-Z was the first rapper inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame in 2017. On June 6, 
26, 2018, Jay-Z and Beyonce kicked off the On The Run 2 tour in Cardiff, United Kingdom. Ten days later, at the final London performance, the pair unveiled Everything Is Love, their much-awaited joint studio album credited under the name The Carters. The pair also released a video for the album's lead single, Ape Shit, on Beyonce's official YouTube channel. The song won two awards from eight nominations at the 2018 MTV Video Music Awards. He has also invested in a real estate development venture called J Hotels, which recently acquired a $66 million mid-block parcel in Chelsea, New York. Jay-Z and his partners are contemplating constructing a high-end hotel or an art gallery building on the newly acquired site, which has potential to go up about 12 stories. Through his conglomerate company, Game Global Investments Network LLC, he had an interest estimated between 2 and 7% in the Aqueduct Entertainment Group, or AUG Consortment, which in January 2010 was awarded a contract to operate a 4500 slot machine casino in the Aqueduct racetrack. On March 13, 2020, Jay basically did a collaborative album with his artist Jay Electronica. It is marked as just a Jay Electronica album, but Jay is on almost every song. In August 2020, it was announced that Jay-Z's Rock Nation would partner with Brooklyn's Long Island University to establish a Rock Nation School of Music, Sports, and Entertainment. In 2020, Jay-Z has also partnered with the likes of Meek Mill, Michael Rubin, the owner of the 76ers, amongst others to help free wrongfully convicted inmates around the country and for bail reform. Jay-Z and Rock Nation are also partners with the NFL and are charged with enhancing the entertainment pregame, Super Bowl, and amplify the league's social justice reform effort. His far-reaching empire includes clothing with Rockwear, liquor brands Armand Dubrovnik, Champagne, and Ducey Cognac, streaming service title, and agency Rock Nation, which represents top names in entertainment including Rihanna and sports with Kevin Durant, Todd Gurley, and Robinson Cano. Beyonce and Jay-Z were listed as the most powerful couple for Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People in 2006. In January 2009, Forbes ranked them as Hollywood's top earning couple with a combined total of 162 million for the year. They made it to the top of the list the following year with a combined total of 122 million between the two. They normally are on the top of this list. In 2016, they were number one raking in 107 and a half million that year. Only recently would they be passed up by the likes of Kim Kardashian and Kanye West and the couple Travis Scott and Kylie Jenner. The hyphen placement has been varied. About 2010, he ditched it. He revealed on the LA radio show, Big Boy's Neighborhood, saying it's not useful anymore. I had um lots over one of the letters too and I've removed that. But with the 2017 release of 444, he brought it back with his rep confirming he'd be going by Jay-Z, J-A-Y hyphen Z, all capitalized. He credits Beyonce with keeping their marriage together after his infidelity depicted in detail on 444 and her album Lemonade. I have a beautiful wife who's understanding and knew that I'm not the worst of what I've done and we did the hard work of going to therapy. We love each other. We put in the work. The most vital lesson he feels he needs to impart on his kids, Blue, Sir, and Rumi, is to have compassion for others and to identify with everyone's struggle and to know that these people made these sacrifices to be where they are and to push forward for us. I believe that's the most important thing to show them because they don't have to know things I knew growing up, like being tough. Now let's get down to the basics, going over albums, filmography, tours, books, and more. His studio releases include Reasonable Doubt in 1996, In My Lifetime Volume 1 in 97, Volume 2, Hard Knock Life in 1998, Volume 3, Life and Times of S. Carter in 99, The Dynasty, Rock La Familia in 2000, The Blueprint in 2001, The Blueprint 2, The Gift and the Curse in 2002, The Black Album in 2003, Kingdom Come in 2006, American Gangster in 2007, The Blueprint 3 in 2009, Magna Carta Holy Grail in 2013, 444 in 2017, 
most collaborative albums include Best of Both Worlds in 2002, Unfinished Business in 2004, Collision Course with Linkin Park in 2004, Wash the Throne in 2011, and Everything is Love in 2018. Live albums include Jay-Z Unplugged in 2001, Live in Brooklyn in 2012, and the soundtrack album Streets is Watching in 1998. Filmography includes Streets is Watching in 1998, Backstage in 2000, State Property in 2002, Paper Soldiers in 2002, Fade to Black in 2004, The Great Gatsby in 2013 as an executive producer, Made in America in 2013, the documentary. As a full circle moment with his first hit song, he was a producer on the 2014 film Annie, Top 5 in 2014 as a co-producer, Time, the Khalif Browder story and miniseries documentary in 2017 as an executive producer, Rest in Power, the Trayvon Martin story in 2018 as an executive producer, Free Meek, a miniseries documentary in 2019 as an executive producer, and the upcoming release, The Harder They Fall, to be released in 2021 on Netflix. Tours include, he headlined the Hard Knock Life Tour in 1999, the Blueprint Lounge Tour in 2001, Hangar Tour in 2006, American Gangster Live in 2007, Jay-Z Fall Tour, Blueprint 3 Tour 2009 and 2010, Magna Carter World Tour 2013-2014, 444 Tour in 2017. Co-headlining tours include Rock the Mic with 50 Cent in 2003, Best of Both Worlds Tour with R. Kelly in 2004, Heart of the City Tour with Mary J. Blige in 2008, Jay-Z and Sierra Live with Sierra in 2009, The Home and Home Tour with Eminem in 2010, Watch the Throne Tour with Kanye West in 2011-2012, Legends of the Summer Stadium Tour with Justin Timberlake in 2013, On the Run Tour with Beyonce in 2014, On the Run 2 Tour with Beyonce in 2018, Supporting, he was on the No Way Out Tour with Puff Daddy and the Bad Boy Records in 1997, Project Revolution 2008 Europe with Linkin Park in 2008, Viva La Vida Tour with Coldplay in 2008, U2 360 Tour with U2 in 2009. Books include Decoded by Jay-Z. Notable assets include $75 million music catalog, $70 million art collection, $50 million real estate collection, $70 million stake in Uber, co-ownership of Rock Nation Management Company, co-owner of Duce Cognac with Bacardi, 100% ownership in Champagne Online with Gurdney, 4040 Club, a chain of sports bars and restaurants, the famous restaurant in New York, The Spotted Pig, Carol's Daughter line of perfumes and beauty products, ownership of Tidal, and he also has a vast real estate portfolio, and let's be honest, we don't know what we don't know. We don't know and won't know all of what Jay-Z owns. Oh, take with the full figure and figure more. Because they forgot to account without a big draw. Justified, Jay-Z had a net worth of $286 million, according to Forbes. To 2018, hit a net worth of $900 million, according to Forbes. To 2020, being hip-hop's first billionaire. Thank you for listening to this episode of Hip Hop History. Welcome to season two, and I'll be talking to you again next week. Follow us on Instagram at Hip Hop History Pod. Thanks. Also, if you could, like and subscribe and leave a review if possible. Thank you.